All right. Hello, everyone. <clears throat> Welcome to the NFPL podcast. My name is Drew Ducker. I go by Ducks. I'm the commissioner of the NFPL. Welcome to episode five. We have Ed Marco, the NFPL director of referees. Ed, how are you doing today? I'm great. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks for uh, for coming on with us. Referees, right? We want we want to obviously chat a little bit about your yourself and your background, but referees is the hot topic today. Uh, I'm really excited. Just being involved in the NFPL, I've learned a great deal more about referees in general, and um, you know I think everyone everyone understands and at the same times you know I think undervalues uh, referees. So we want to we want to ed- help educate everyone today and, and let them know how important the referees are and and what we're doing to continue to to grow a referee base. Uh, but I'd like to start with with yourself, Ed, if you don't mind, like yourself, uh, a little bit of background, kind of, you know, where did you grow up? You know, what, what was kind of your soccer and or futsal background uh, from a, a player side or did you play? Yeah, sure. No, I played. I, I started playing uh, when I was seven. That was back in, uh, I don't know, like mid, mid 60s. <laughs> okay. <And> soccer, <laughs> an old guy. Uh, you know, soccer wasn't really big back then. A lot of the soccer was was kind of wreck in a way, township wreck. It wasn't a lot of travel. Um, you had a lot of dads helping out. They knew hockey and they knew baseball, but you know, it was nice they were helping out, but they didn't really know the game. I lucked out. I actually had a college uh, coach. Um, he coached at uh, Monmouth College, which is Monmouth University now. Nice. His son happened to be on my team, so I got lucky with a, a good start, I think. Um, um, so you know, I went on and played, played in college a little bit, uh, played the amateurs. Um, in fact, that's sort of how I got into refereeing. Uh, you know, playing in the amateurs. So, uh, you know, I, I had a team in Pennsylvania. I was living in Pennsylvania at the time and, and we were short referees and, and the state passed a, uh, a policy that if you had a team that was registered in the state, you had to find somebody to take a, a referee course. Otherwise you'd get a fine. Huh. Okay. Fine. Fine was like $350, wow. um, which doesn't seem like a lot of money. But back then I had just bought a house, I just got married, and three hundred and fifty dollars was a lot. Yeah. And a lot of the other teams, the, the players were just they didn't want to be referees. That was the enemy. That's the attitude all the time. The the referee's the enemy. We don't want to be one of them. And then they pitched in five, ten dollars a piece and they paid the fine. My guys wouldn't give me any money. <laughs> so so I uh, I decided, well, it's only four nights, so I'll put the four nights in and be done with it. I put the four nights in and, and uh, it's funny, I I'd sit there and listen, and it's like, oh, is that what that is? Oh, that's <laughs> offside, really? I was a goalkeeper. Now you would think I would know what offside is. Okay. And I had that college coach too. And I'm thinking I played all these years and I don't know what the heck the laws of the game are. Right. And I really started getting into it. And and two weeks after I passed the course, I quit playing and became a referee. And uh, next thing I know, I'm traveling around. I'm doing pros. I went from uh, from uh, entry level to a national badge in seven years, uh, doing pros. Uh, you know, some international games, and then uh, became international instructor. So it's funny how things have a little twist in life sometimes. For sure. So like com- complete accident almost, it sounds yeah. like, in terms of trying yeah. to get involved in refereeing. Yeah, it was something you don't grow up thinking, oh, I'm going to be a soccer referee. Right, right, right. So. Well, that's awesome. That's an interesting journey. So I guess, and you said you started doing outdoor and then some indoor. How, how did you kind of come across futsal at that point? Was there even futsal like around your area at that point? No, you know, it was one of those things. I, I, I was doing indoor. Uh, I was working at the Pro Indoor League for a while. Okay. And uh, I was just poking around the web uh, one one day. It was a long time ago, obviously, back in the, let's say, probably 
early 90s. Um, okay. And I saw a futsal. I started reading about it. I was like, oh, I wonder where they do that. I was poking around. And really, it was only one organization that was doing it, and that was uh, U.S. Futsal. Okay. Um, so I started calling people, everybody I could figure, you know, I can find that I could call and, and get into futsal because I, you know, I knew the indoor game, but I just wanted to do it. It was another soccer game that I could ref and uh, uh, kind of lucked out, uh, get involved that way. And, and it uh, you know, just kind of came to me really easily. And I think sometimes I was just in the right place at the right time. And it went on from there for futsal. Yeah, nice, nice, very cool. Well, futsal obviously uh, is, what, is what we're about for NFPL. In terms of kind of, you know, being a, a veteran in the futsal game, tell us about, I guess, the evolution of futsal from when you kind of first joined um, to, to now, right? Because obviously it sounds like the 90s is when it first started getting into the U.S. and still very much now in its infancy. So I'm curious to, to get your thoughts of what it was like back then. Yeah, back then it was it was all over the place. I mean, everybody seemed to have their own set of rules, and some played with that big tennis ball, you know, the indoor uh, ball, and yeah, some oh, yeah. played with mother ball, and you know, and and some played with uh, you know soccer, indoor soccer lines on on the court, or some played on turf. I mean, it, um, it it was it was strange. It was all over the place. I mean, the referees, the referees, our uniform was was a turquoise satin top with white long trousers and white white sneakers oh my goodness you know? <laughs> so wow. it's pretty it's pretty odd you know um you know but i started really getting into it i i love the speed of the game um i love the way it, you know it taught me to think um and because of my, how my career path with soccer that was really taking off um it felt like that's something that i could do that not too many people were doing and because of of my experience and again my, my level of, of refereeing for soccer it seemed like a perfect fit, so I started. I started really uh, looking uh, to, to do more football and grow it. Um, you know, I, I w was working all sides of it. You know, I wanted to be a referee, but I couldn't referee if there were no games. So I had to figure out how to make games in my neighbor, in, in my in my area. So I, I helped start leagues. I mean, there was a point that uh, we had maybe 300 football games a weekend, wow. which was fun. It's awesome. Um, you know, just talking people into doing it, you know, local clubs. I had, I've had local clubs drop their indoor program to pick up futsal back then, you know, once I showed them what they could do. Um, I even wrote to U.S. Soccer. Uh, I was actually, it was actually after I was a, a FIFA instructor, I was, I was, I think it was my first, second year out, I was in Jordan, and people was asking me, hey, what are you doing with futsal back in the States? And I thought, what am I doing? Is, why is it my responsibility? And I, and I figured out, hey, wait a minute, it is my responsibility to help. And I wrote uh, to some of the, the big wigs over at US Soccer and, and said, hey, I'm going to be in Chicago. Can you meet with me? And and they actually met with me. And, and I, I presented uh, what I thought would be a good program, not only on the referee side, but on the, on the player side. Nice. And uh, years later, they had the DA. Yeah, yeah, yeah we had, it was around for a little bit. Sort of a little story I just gave, but you know, so so you know that that's kind of the progression where we're wearing, you know, you know, satin, satin blue referee tops to doing something for the the game. You know, so. Yeah, I would love to see a picture of you guys in those in those tops, man. <laughs> no, no, I can serve drinks with it. You know? <laughs> uh, very good. Yeah. I know, and uh, I know the rules, right? Since I've played, um, the rules have, have changed dramatically, which maybe we'll come back to. But I, I do feel like the game has uh, evolved quite a bit, right? Even myself growing up, um, 
I'm just a, a few years younger than you, but uh, I remember playing with that indoor tennis ball a few times, and it was more of a, a street soccer game than than what futsal is now today, for sure. So, yeah, uh, it's it's been yeah. interesting. Yeah, the 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 rules of laws have changed uh, immensely. You know, because you had um, that break off uh, where it was just the the AMF, uh, mm-hmm. the the group out of uh, Argentina that was pretty pretty much running the show around the world. Uh, FIFA wasn't involved, and then FIFA all of a sudden said, "Hey, we want to be involved." And a group split off to went to go over FIFA, and the AMF stayed around, and they had their own. You know, instead of a, a kick in, they have a throw in with certain certain criteria. And, yeah. Um, and it, it confused a lot of people because you had those that were actually official rules, but then you had, the, like I said, you had those uh, those local rules people were just making up. <clears throat> when I I was uh, I was. Uh, under contract with U.S. Soccer as a technical advisor for four or five years, and my specialty was futsal for them. And my goal was to standardize the, the laws, standardize the, standardize the rules for us around the country. Mm-hmm. And and we, we did that. I think I think we're we're more standardized than ever before. Um, there's still some crazy you know outlaw kind of leagues that do their own thing, but but that was uh, you know when you talk about the laws and rules, you know, like when you started, right now it's much more standardized. Yeah, for sure. And I think even in, in the U.S., right, there's still a couple of different sets of rules. Um, you know, at the youth level, a tweak or two maybe makes sense, but there is still some changes that, uh, you know, I guess I would like to personally see, like, everything steered into one set of rules, even at the, the youth ages, right, with exception to, like, a time. And I know the heading rule for, for young kids is more of, uh, you know, U.S. soccer-based, which is understandable. But but I do think it's starting to come together, which which is nice to see. Yeah. You no, know, it's it's much easier. I know when I started refereeing, there were some crazy things about you know the goalkeeper possession and crossing in the opponent's half and coming back and trying to keep track of some of the stuff when the game was going so quickly was almost impossible for, for the referees, let alone the players. You know, so. Yeah. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, cool. Well, it's very, very. Uh, it's it's great to obviously have you on board with the NFPL, right, and take that experience uh, as we kind of springboard into the future, so to speak. Uh, I do want to talk about challenges, right? Referees, outdoor, indoor, futsal, all ages. Um, you know, from your end, what what are the the biggest challenges that hopefully, as some of you know, the owners, coaches, directors, spectators, players, fans listen, you know, uh, for for referees, um, you know, what are some of those challenges for for you guys, so that you know, next time you're playing, we're playing, watching, observing, right? We can um, understand the referees' kind of perspective and and help them feel confident in their job. Yeah, there, there's a few things I think that are interconnected. There's challenges. Uh, one, it, it's always a problem with the professional leagues, and you probably understand this from the indoor pro league that the, the U.S. is so big, and to run a league, to travel teams back and forth across the country or even the regional areas, it's very expensive. Um, so what what how that connects to the referee program is is you know the referees are the only ones that that really spend money. Players bring money money in, you know, and we look at the youth game, um, even at an amateur level. Right. The referees are the ones that are pretty much spending the money. So when you're traveling and you're trying to create a league such as the NFPL, you have to, you know, you have to consider uh, logistics where where the markets are. How can you get one team from one city to the other, and where do you get the referees from? Get referees. And here's the other connection: you get the referees with uh, the, enough experience to be able to manage those games. It's so spread out. We, we have referees maybe in California that could manage the game, but to get them into Detroit right now is is difficult. So that means yeah. we have to look at who we have and work with those guys 
and try to get them up to, to speed, which is what we do. Um, so those those are big challenges for the referees, but they're connected to how the, the leagues and how big the country is. One of those things. It's not like like Spain or or France, where you know, basically an hour on the train, you're you're someplace across the country, right? Yeah. No, and that, that would be great for sure. I mean, the the geography of, of the U.S. Is, is massive, right? Especially compared to other countries. So, yeah. like you said, the, the landscape poses many challenges, um, and and valid ones as well. Um, but but yeah, one- it really is. It really is like, you know, the financial part of it. Like I said, the, the referees yeah. eat up most of the money. And when we look at training and, and education, um, it does cost money. And, and to find sponsorship for referees and, and to, you know, to uh, fund those those areas to improve our referees is difficult. Um, you know, and so, I, you know, you look at U.S. soccer with, with the number of referees. When I started with the futsal or building a futsal program, I think we maybe had 1,500, maybe 1,500 uh, football referees in the whole country okay. that were registered with U.S. soccer. We had guys that were doing football, but guys, you know, the referees that were actually trained right. in under soccer. You compare that to our soccer referees where we have 150, 160,000 Wow, referees. wow, okay. That's... And also, you look at what they bring in, you're looking at maybe $1.2, $1.3 million in the referee program for, for the soccer referees, maybe $15,000, $20,000 for a football. Gotcha. No. Yeah. Oh, it makes it difficult uh, to, to train referees like we should. Yeah, still very much evolving into where where the futsal footprint w- will be. But uh, I definitely a, a good point and, and a big challenge. One of the challenges I know at, at all levels, right, the youth level up to the amateur, our level, pro level, is you know we've talked a lot about ref abuse, um, and I think it's something that you know I wanted to obviously bring up. It's very important for all of our listeners, you know, to to know that. It's not tolerated, and, and we want to look at kind of the the fair play of everything, right? Referees, coaches, players, etc. What's um you know it's been a constant hot topic, but you know what are the main causes, right? That you see, how can we help? How can we support refs? Um, and, and you know where does this stem from, in your opinion? Well, some of that is that that adversary uh, kind of you know, attitude or approach from the players, spectators, coaches, and, and in a way that's what makes the game fun because you know. In soccer, you have offside, and you have half the people yelling, "Hey, that's no offside! You stink, ref!" You know, and that's what makes it fun. Sure. You know, I mean, I can tell you a story of uh, kind of sidetrack a little bit. One of my my first games in the indoor, where I had the, the assessor Gino uh, DiPolito, a big big time referee, FIFA referee out of New York, came down to assess me, and uh, he, after the game in the locker room, and he goes, "You know, how do you think you did?" And I thought I had a good game, you know, no cards, managed the game. I mean, everything went well, it was smooth. And I said, yeah, I think it was okay. And he's looking on the ground, shaking his head. And, and uh, I, I said, I said, why? He goes, you didn't give enough cards. <laughs> the junior, you know, pop, pops is what we call them. Okay. Said, pops, we didn't, we didn't have any. Right? No reason to give cards. I managed the players. Like that's what we we're taught to do. Because yeah, you manage them. But what happens when you show a card? What what do the spectators do? I said they yell at me. They and they you know they scream, they throw things. He goes, yeah, they have fun, don't they? <laughs> he said, "Yeah." He goes, "You got to find a way to give card so they have fun. They keep, you know, they keep wanting to pay that those tickets and have games to come back." So that's my story to connect with, you know. You know. Yeah, yeah, I hear what you're saying. That's yeah. <clears throat> some uh, some comedy for sure within that, as as yeah. well as some tragedy. I feel like as yeah. well. So, so when you 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 look at that, it, that that's what the spectators want on a professional level, you know, yeah. or, or somebody who's paying to be a spectator. Um, when you have 90% of the, the world playing youth ball, 
and you have parents involved that are, and especially in the U.S., where they're we're sort of stuck in that pay-to-play mode uh, in general, mm-hmm. not all the time, but in general, uh, the expectation changes, and they, they feel the right to be able to to scream and yell and abuse referees because hey, you're you're getting paid, yeah. you know. Um, it, for futsal, one one thing that I, I I love about the sport, and it's been this way since I started, is there's a different attitude. There's a different level of respect for the officials. Um, and yeah, there are some some you know oddball guys that that cause problems, and we manage those those, those players. But in, in general, I think the futsal players and the people involved in futsal are less, uh, you know, mean to the referees or, you know, that they, they don't really brutalize the, the, the officials. Um, and I think it's just part of that sport. Um, gotcha. And in fact, to, to build on, on, on that is the youth, um, you know, when I started uh, directing the U.S. Uh, youth futsal program, um, Part of my goal was, you know, looking at that attitude, bringing parents, the players, the coaches, and the referees all in, and we're all one family. So I, I made it, I made us approachable where they can come to the referees or they can learn about the laws of the game. And and if you look at the national championship, there are very few problems with the referees. They might not agree with the call, but sure. that's what makes it fun. But they don't have that attitude. They don't beat up the referees. Um, and and it took a few years, but we're we're reaching that goal. Um, so uh, with soccer, it's, it's bad. It's part of the tradition, part of the history of soccer. We can't change that. But we had an, uh, an opportunity in the U.S. that couldn't change that because of how new the sport of football is. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, no, it's an interesting take on it. I don't know if, I, if, I've, if, I've, if me personally have ever thought about the game like that. Like, you know, you want the referee to give a car to make a call to, to get into the game. The, but I do think, uh, you know, I think it's a challenge. I think it's important that, that our listeners, you know, for me, I was always kind of taught, like, obviously, you want to respect the game, right? The game is bigger than everyone, right? So that, that includes players, coaches, fans, and referees as well. Uh, so, you know, it's something that stuck with me, you know, growing up, and I think it's something important to reiterate. Uh, and I think it's a little bit of culture as well, right? You've got some guys who may, maybe played, you know, like, uh, uh, just like a downtown league, right? There's a lot of different leagues, right? Anywhere, East, Eastern European League, Mexican League, right? Adult leagues, indoor, co-ed. Uh, and I and I think some of those kind of culture culture things we see at the high level, like you said, like if you know Ronaldo or some of the big names get a card and they're very dramatic about it, um, I think younger players tend to look at that and maybe see it as okay. And I think it's become a culture thing that you know it shouldn't be acceptable, right? Because uh, I think there's a different dynamic at that level. Number one, uh, but two, I think you know they tend to then make sure everything then becomes a, a men's pickup game attitude kind of thing versus like, hey, no, this is like a proper match and we're here to play and ref and, you know, be respectful. Yeah, and, and like I, I already said, I think in futsal, that the, the attitude is a little different. The yeah. approach by the players, and, you know, we don't have that, that same level of abuse, at least in my experience. Yeah, no, that's, you know, that's good to soccer, hear. soccer, going to EPL, we had the, the one referee a few weeks ago that they had to pull him off games because his life was being threatened. Yeah. You know, and yeah. Mess with people. You don't need that kind of stuff. It's a game. For sure. For sure. And I know you'd mentioned, you, you know, there was only 1,500 referees as opposed to 150,000, right? Is, is there a shortage of referees now in general? And then obviously, you know, specifically for futsal? You know, we have to look at it in percentages and in involvement. So we have more, in a way, more soccer going on and more referees that are involved with that more soccer. 
the futsal, I, I think the number of players percentage-wise is about the same. You, you look at when they play. Soccer, they play all year round. Futsal, they haven't in this country. Right. Not yet. It's getting there. Um, I, I'm guessing we have 10,000 to, to 12,000 registered referees now since I, since I was involved with that program, which doesn't seem like a lot compared to 150,000, 160,000. Right. But it's a huge growth rate in, in a short amount of time. Okay. You know? um, and I think, again, the, the issue is the number of games available compared to who wants to referee. If we had more games available, then I think we'd see a lot more referees. Well, there's that weird balance. You need to rely on each other. One of the issues with Vitzel, and, and I actually talked a few years ago with a, a group in California about this, was that, you know, we have to rely on facilities. You know, a soccer, soccer, you can get a ball and go out to the park, you know, a community park that doesn't cost yeah. anything and play. Right? Grab a ball, you set up goals, whatever. With futsal, you need some place. It's, it's typically thought of an indoor. I mean, that's it's all solid. It's an yeah. indoor game. You can play outside. You go to Central America, South America, and they have futsal courts as part of basketball courts. Oh, yeah. I've been there. Futsal goal with a basketball net. We have you know, soccer goals with football you know, goals. Yeah. And they'll play in any little space, any, any anywhere. Um, and we need to, to be able to produce. We have empty, empty, uh, you know, tennis courts. Nobody really is playing tennis anymore. We have all these tennis courts that are just laying around. Empty parking lots for all these old warehouses. Uh, a lot of places that we could we could set up outside, and especially in the, in the better weather uh, states, and grow the sport that way, and produce more referees. So those things are kind of uh, connected. We're connected. Um, yeah, absolutely. That, yeah. Ma that makes sense for sure. That makes sense. <clears throat> well, I know one of the challenges we, we've kind of chatted about in the past is, you know, kind of education. And, and I know I've had a, I had a recent conversation with a friend of mine who does a lot of uh, assigning, refing kind of here, here in Michigan. And we've talked about the, lev the level of play from youth players and up, right, has significantly increased. And kind of the question is, has as the level has gone higher, has referee the level of the referee increased as well um i guess it's kind of my part one question and then you know kind of going into ref education you know what what opportunities are there for these refs to, to continue education so we uh you're talking for futsal or soccer for, for futsal specifically now yeah futsal, futsal, yeah. yeah so so in futsal and i'm not trying to badmouth any organization um but but i really feel that u.s soccer has dropped the ball on this um we were going really strongly with, with education uh, and recent things. And our, our leaders there now have kind of gotten about futsal. They don't, they don't understand it. They don't see the connection with futsal and, and their soccer program, where most of the funding goes to the, the men's uh, and now the women's national teams. Um, you know, so uh, the, the level, so you go back to the level when I started with our referees, it's definitely increased. You know the, the the abilities, the understanding of the game. Um, you know it, it could be better in some areas, uh, but uh, it's much much higher. And I think it's it's kept up with the level of play that we have. Um, you know some of the coaches might disagree with that, but but I've seen <laughs> referees. I've probably I've probably had contact or, or taught just about all the referees in, in the country at one point or the other. Um, so so I see that going up. Um, I think. We need to have 
somebody specialized in running a futsal program in the referee department in U.S. soccer. You know, it, it's not just a side sport anymore. Right. Um, you know, it, it, it really has value. And, and the proof of that is this year where you have U.S. US youth soccer starting a futsal program. Okay. And U.S. youth is, is huge. Yeah. And if they can get that up and running, you know, uh, I know they talked about that a few years ago, but this year it seemed very serious. So if they're going to have that, they need to produce referees, right? Yeah, so. for sure. For sure. Now, compared to other countries, right, I know obviously like U.S. soccer, at least what I'm aware of, right, do, does referee certification and even futsal certification. For other countries, does everything stem through the federation? Are there other organizations that do more outside education, if you will? You might have, uh, in, in other countries, you might have local organi organizations, local referee chapters that might run some kind of, you know, uh, field sessions or training sessions, um, but not certification. Certification is all done through through their federal their, their um, uh, federations, federation uh, associations when you get there. FIFA, uh, AMF might be a little different. I don't really haven't really worked that much with AMF, but, right. but with FIFA, it's definitely done that way. In the U.S., though, you know, we have they allow. I think we have three football organizations now as as associate members of U.S. Soccer, mm -hmm. and for me, that's an issue um, because they all do what they want as long as they pay their money. Right, 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 um, and and it, I think it hurts the sport itself because they don't work together. Um, yeah, so, uh, and because of that, you know, they 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 produce their own uh, training. Um, for instance, with the U.S. Uh, youth futsal, I, I help produce their, their referee training uh, program, but um, it doesn't certify them officially with U.S. soccer, and that's where the issue. So, we need, that's going back to what I said earlier about, I think U.S. soccer really needs to step in and uh, invest some money into the football program and make it their own, just like any other uh, you know, member association in the FIFA around the world. For sure, I, I would like to see, me personally, I would definitely like to see football mainstream and mainstream from U.S. soccer, right? I think it makes the most sense, right? As well as other, that's what every other country more or less does, so it would be nice, I know. You know, they've got Dushan now, the new national team coach, trying to make some strides. Pablo and Otto helping on the staff. So uh, I'm very excited to see where futsal will go for the U.S. Um, and hopefully, like you said, it starts from the top and can trickle down to, to just be more mainstream and, and have that include referees, referee education. Because um, I feel like the more, just like coaches, right, there's coaching education, opportunities for coaches to continue to educate themselves. Referees, right? As I'm sure you know, it, it is the same and should be the same. Um, you know, as rules change and the game evolves, um, it's nice to just be caught up on you know, what's happening. So, uh, very important. So, it's, it's glad uh, we need to do a bit more as well from the NFPL side. I, I think. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I really like what we're doing. I like the kind of the rope you've given me to, to kind of float out in space a little bit with, with the training because it's. Um, I think it's important that we train our referee pool that we use and, and increase that. Um, but we are, we're also providing uh, information that nobody else is providing. And that, that's one of the, my own personal goals is we want to attract referees. We want to build this, this league. We want to make maybe this standard refereeing the standard, especially for this level of sport yeah. for the country. So so the education part, it, 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 it feels really good that you kind of let me uh, 
Yeah, absolutely. You know, you you are you are the expert. I'm definitely happy to have you take the lead, and we're glad to have you on board here. Um, <clears throat> so when we talk about the NFPL, right? I know we've mentioned just challenges in general. Tell me, tell me some of the things that you've uh, enjoyed seeing, right? The refs do well in the games you've watched, observed. Yeah, what well, it's nice that um, you know, go out and watch a game where where it's very competitive. There's a lot of skill. You know, the spectators are there into it. There's a lot of noise and, you know, the drums and screaming. Um, the referees are, are, you know, we happen to have the right crew at the right game and, and they're, everything's just working together and no issues. You know, the, the, the game is just going along. And, and I watch things that I've talked to the referees about. Uh, I, I watch them, I put them into practice and, and uh, really try to, to put on a, not only an accurate thing technically <clears throat> as a referee, but a good show. It's part of the show. And, and we have to look at it that way. Uh, and to see all those things come together, it just makes me smile. And we've had a few games like that where, hey, you know, the referees really, really hit it perfectly. Yeah, absolutely. It, it is fun to see. The more, the, more, the more we're talking, I'm thinking about some NFPL games over the last couple of years where like the referee, you know, had the kind of the show, if you will, but still made a positive impact. And you know, like like everyone, right? You know, referees one like any human will make a mistake, but also fans and players will disagree at times, and you know they'll see something different than the ref. But it but it is kind of um, you know the responsibility for everyone to understand, like hey, like the referee is the one managing the game, though will kind of follow his or her lead here and hope that they're obviously doing their best. And uh, I feel like all the referees so far have done that, so it's been it's been great to see them from the first year to now as well. And it's really nice to see some of our young referees where, you know, we're really trying to build that referee pool and they're giving opportunity to to some referees that show really good potential in some of our, our kind of tournament games we've held. Um, you know, where they're not the usual guy, the guy that's always at the top 10, matter if he's doing soccer or college, it always seems like he's the same name. Yeah. Bring in and, and provide an opportunity for somebody to really showcase who they are. Um, you know, especially on the women's side and, and to, you know, to say, hey, there's no gender here. We're looking for good referees. And when we can bring in, you know, a, a female referee where they just look at her with, with respect, um, you know, to give opportunities to, to people like that is, is important. And that's what makes me smile as well. Yeah, no, I think it's important to mention, to mention as well, right? You know, we've got uh, Carrie, one, one female rep currently on the NFPL referee list, if you will. Um, you know, how uh, we would definitely want to encourage other young women to get involved. I know you do a lot with U.S. Youth Futsal as well. Um, do you have, you know, obviously starting from the top to bottom, uh, are you getting more younger or young female, or excuse me, just female refs in general at the youth level? Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a difficult area. Um, and it, it always has been, especially in soccer, when you look at the percentages of women involved compared to the, the men that get involved in officiating. Um, and I don't think it's something that, that always has been looked at, well, you gotta be a man to be a referee or an umpire or, you know, something in any kind of sport. Um, and just look at who did the, the Super Bowl, you know, and, and yeah. coaching in those, in those leagues and basketball now. So I think women are, are giving those opportunities, but I think the percentage of women that are interested in doing that is a lot lower. And there's some other things that happen you know where where you know, you know people's lives change and you know maybe they get married and have kids well the guy can go off and do a game 
And traditionally, the you know, a woman is maybe pregnant or something else, and hopefully I'm not going to get myself in trouble with what I'm saying, but but there are certain reasons um, that I think we lose women or, or women beat out. But, but, you know, you look at our women's national team and how many of those women have gone through those life changes and come back to the team strong and maybe even stronger. So I hope that those, those women can set an example, even for our officials. Um, but I think we also have to open up uh, the opportunities for maybe some of our young female players and say, hey, you might not make it into the pros as a player, but look what you can do. You, you have a good grasp of the game. Come in, try it out. You know? and, and I think we, we need to create those those spaces, those times where we can invite some of those young women and, and, and get them involved. Yeah, more and more information out there, right? For for players, you know, like like growing up, right? It's like, hey, here the pathway of the player is you can always be a player for life, right? But does that pathway also take you to coaching or refereeing or or kind of administration? So, yeah, giving giving more information for young players to know that um, you know it's available, and maybe like you had said, like encouraging some of the players who are still are, are good players, but. Uh, may not be, you know, your national team level players, but like, hey, you know, you know the game very well. Like, why don't you come out and see if you enjoy refing, right? And if they do, great. Yep. Um, you know, and so a couple of things that I quickly talked about, you know, we, we look at, you know, FIFA this year dropped the gender thing. So you look at the FIFA referee list, um, both women and men are on the same list. There's not a men's list and a women's list anymore. Okay. They're combined. And that's the direction. So you look at, at the African uh, Nations Cup, I think they had women, a women's crew. I think they had something in South America. We had, uh, uh, you know, a female do an MLS game uh, this year, and there's a few other things that happened, um, and they were making a big deal about it. And I kept yelling every time I read it. I was like, "Hey, in 2012, we had a female referee, FIFA referee from Brazil, in the World Cup in, in Bangkok." And if Brazil wasn't in the final, she probably would have been the, the referee on the final. That's how good she was. Nice. And, wow. and but everybody forgets that. Hey, futsal was one of the first sports that actually had at, at a World Cup level a female referee place in men's tournament. So um, you know we need to look at that and say, hey, you guys can do that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and. And for those listening as well, right? You know, if, if you are, um, you know, doing if refereeing futsal and you're interested, please reach out to Ed or myself, and, and we're happy to, you know, show you kind of the pathway for referees and give opportunities, uh, you know, to people interested, especially on the women's side. I know we've talked a lot about adding a women's division as well uh, in terms of the league over the next couple of years. So I think it's very important to continue to encourage women to to get involved in futsal. And, and we have that our new initiative that we, we started uh, recently, which is the NFPL uh, referee um, training initiative initiative program that what we're going to call RTIP. Um, and that's it, it's there. You don't have to be a, a male or a female. You want to be interested. We'll get you involved with that and uh, see what we do at this level and what what the expectations are and, and learn with, with the, the referees in our normal pool. For sure, yeah, it's it's a great start to to what we're doing, and Ed, it's been it's been obviously great working with you as well. You know, it's it's a slowly but but surely right uh, journey to some degree in terms of you know NFPL in general, but on the referee side as well. But I do think we've made some some good strides, and, and we're hopeful it'll it'll continue to move forward. Um, 
The big kind of last question for me, I know you've touched on it. If you had maybe just one or two focal points for the next maybe three to five years on, on the referee side, you know, in a perfect world, what, what would you, how would you see refereeing, whether it's NFPL or higher, um, or specifically for the NFPL, right, over the next maybe three to five years, what are your goals personally for us? Um, one goal, I think, would be to have one of our referees from our referee pool uh, get an international badge and go to the World Cup. And that's, nice. it's nice Very to awesome. have somebody, I've worked with, with two of our referees, a Canadian and, and one from the U.S. Uh, one from the U.S. went to the last World Cup. The Canadian is on the, in the candidates list for this year, okay. uh, which was a good chance. So it, it'd be, it's nice to have those outside referees, but to have somebody directly involved with NFPL that came up through our training program to actually be nominated and go uh, would be a, a huge feather in our cap and, and something for our program. So that, that would be a nice goal uh, to have. Um, I think it would be nice to, to be able to, to actually get some kind of funding where we could help move that along, that idea along and help with our younger referees um, to show that those pathways, you know, one of the things we've had uh, issues with is is not only with the referees, but with players. You know, once they got out of high school, there was really no place to play or referee. You know, the, those upper age brackets were, were coming down, you know, they, they come and go and, and right. it's hard to get in. So to continue with the NFL, sorry, NFPL, um, and, and to create that pathway to higher levels of play for the players, but also for the referees, that's an important uh, goal for me, uh, to continue that and, and let those, those people interested know, yeah, we have something past being 18 years old, you know? Um, so. Nice, absolutely. No, I, that would be a great goal as well, right? Uh, I think uh, I think on that same radar, right? Having um, you know some more help from U.S. soccer, mainstreaming futsal in the U.S. I, I think will help you know springboard some of that forward as well. But from NFPL, yeah, I mean we're we're looking to continue um, doing what we can for for you and all the refs to to grow the game, right? But uh, for me, there's a lot of components, right? We need we need courts, which we have plenty of. We need players, which we have plenty of now. Uh, we also need good referees, right? Or else uh, we have no one to manage the game. So. Uh, my hope is that the, the, these couple of programs we're, we're starting and continuing uh, are going to evolve into something great. So uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to more of it, Ed. Uh, it'd be awesome for, you know, the, the dream to come true like that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, for those listening, uh, you know, <clears throat> got to know Ed Marco today, our NFPL refer, referee director. Um, had some questions, challenges, ref education, what the NFPL is doing, a little bit about the history of futsal as well. Uh, for those listening, right, really excited to have Evan involved and a shout out to all of our referees. You know, we're, we're doing all we can for you guys and we're happy to have you on board and, and continuing to support you guys from the main office here as well as all of our owners and particularly Ed Marco, who is uh, the director of our referees. So. Uh, if you haven't listened to the podcast, there is a bunch more. This is our fifth episode. We've got a bunch more about the teams, kind of their background story, what they're doing for the game, and uh, we're going to continue to move forward here. So for all those listening, thanks uh, again for listening in. Uh, my name is Drew Ducker. I go by Ducks. I'm the commissioner of the NFPL. And Ed, it was great having you on board today, and thank you so much. Well, thanks. A lot of fun. Thanks, all right. Ducks. All right. We'll talk to everyone soon. Thank you.